right, well, welcome to Christ Fellowship and welcome to At The Movies. Uh, my name is Carlos and I serve as one of our teaching pastors here at Christ Fellowship. And this weekend we are wrapping up this series at the movies, uh, but I want to take a moment and welcome all of our campuses all across Miami, our West Kendall campus, Doral, Homestead, Redland, Core Gables, and downtown, and whoever's watching us online, if you're a first-time guest, we want to say thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Christ Fellowship Palmetto Way, can we give it up for them as loud as you can? Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet now. We're going to stretch a little bit, stand to your feet. And if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to John uh, chapter 16, and we're going to begin in verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. Here's what the Word of God says. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, say it with me, helper. helper. Say it like you mean it, helper. helper. The helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Amen. Well, let's take a moment and let us pray now. Father God, we just come before you, Lord, and we thank you for this time that we can gather together and worship you, Lord. Thank you, God, because you are a good and gracious God, Lord, and so we love you. Thank you that you have chosen us, Lord, and I pray, God, that you may, uh, right now, Lord, that you may eliminate all the distractions, Lord, may, that may come our way, God. May we focus on your word. May you speak to us through the power of your spirit, through your word, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. It's in your holy and precious name that we pray. Amen and amen. Who's excited to be here? Come on, make some noise. Yeah. You can have a seat now at all of our campuses. Well, this weekend, the movie that we're diving into is the movie Big Hero 6. In fact, how many of you have watched the movie? Yeah, raise your hand if you have at all of our campuses. It's a really cute animated uh, Disney movie that came out in 2014. But in case you haven't watched it, let me just give you a quick overview on the movie. Because the movie centers around this boy who's 14 years old by the name of Hero. And right from the outset of the movie, you see that he's a very intelligent, wise, smart boy who is fascinated with building robots. But from the beginning of the movie, you notice uh, the hero has had a rough past. You see, his parents passed away at the age of three. So he didn't grow up with the father. He didn't grow up with the mother. And so he lives with his aunt. And he also lives with his older brother, Tadashi, who is his only sibling. But there's tension between both of them. It's not the healthiest relationship. But as the movie progresses, things become better between him and Tadashi. But all of a sudden, something tragic takes place. In fact, with that in mind, uh, take a look at this video clip. Some sad stuff there. This 14-year-old boy, uh, first he loses his father, he loses his mother, and now he loses his only older brother, his only sibling, and he's at a moment of 
sadness, of depression, of discouragement. Uh, he's frustrated with life. He's angry. He's wondering, why is this happening to me? But in this very dull moment in his life, all of a sudden he would encounter this robot that his older brother, brother Tadashi invented by the name of Baymax. And the purpose of Baymax was to bring help to whoever was hurting physically, but also emotionally as well. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this video. Don't you just love Baymax? He's there to give you a big hug, hug and make you feel that comfort. And throughout the entire movie, Baymax would walk alongside Hero in every single difficult situation that he faced. Hero had Baymax who was walking alongside him to provide help, to provide comfort, to provide strength, to provide him the guidance that he needed in his life. Now, church family, let me bring all of that over to our teaching for this weekend because don't miss the point in all this because just like hero had baymax to walk alongside him in every single difficult situation of his life just like that this is our big idea for this weekend we too have a helper that helps us navigate through the storms that we face in life and maybe you're here today and you're going through a difficult season in your life Maybe you're going through a storm in your marriage. Maybe you're going through a hardship with your children and your family at home or at work. But here's the good news. God has provided help for us. And so here's what I want you to know. Yeah, here's what I want you to know. We love to take notes here at Christ Fellowship. And so I want to encourage you to take out your Christ Fellowship app. And I want you to write this down as your first point uh, for uh, today. The Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Look what the Word of God says in John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Now let's think about this for a moment because I want to set up the scene for us to understand what is happening in this passage. Jesus is at his last week here on earth before he's about to be crucified on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And so Jesus is having this conversation with his disciples and he's telling them, listen, it is to your advantage. In other words, it is to your benefit that I leave your presence because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. Now think about this for a, mo for a moment. The disciples had been following Jesus closely for three years as he did ministry. They had front row seats to all of the miracles and healings that Jesus had performed. They saw Jesus turn water into wine. They saw Jesus feed over 5,000 people with five pieces of bread and two pieces of fish. They saw Jesus heal the blind man. And now Jesus is telling them, it's to your advantage that I leave because if I don't leave, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. Well, wait a minute. Jesus, are you saying that the Holy Spirit is greater than you? Are you saying that the Holy Spirit is greater than Christ? 
No, by no means. Here's the thing. When Jesus walked on earth, he was 100% God, but at the same time, he was 100% human, which means he could only be in one place at one time. But the Spirit of God can be in many places at the same time. And so what Jesus is saying is that the Spirit inside of you is greater than the, than the Jesus beside you. Why? Because they felt boldness whenever Jesus was around them. But whenever Jesus would leave their presence, everything would change. See, we believe in the Trinity. It's all throughout the Scripture. The Trinity is one God in three persons. God the Father... God the Son, and God the Spirit. They're all equal. Now, sometimes we think of the Spirit, we may have the misconception, and we think that the Spirit of God was only active in the lives of people after the resurrection of Jesus in the book of Acts and from, from there on. But the Spirit of God has been active even in the Old Testament. In fact, I want to give you just a little bit of doctrine here. You can go to Genesis chapter 1. This is the first verse in the Bible. Look what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the face of the waters. We see the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit as creation was going on. We see the Holy Spirit active in the lives of people in the Old Testament. We see him in the life of Joshua. God is speaking to Moses, and here's what the Word of God says in Numbers 27, verse 18. The Lord replied, take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the Spirit in him, who has the Holy Spirit, and lay your hands on him. He's active in the life of Joshua. We see the Holy Spirit active in the life of David. This is the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. So we see the Holy Spirit active in the Old Testament. So what changed after the resurrection of Christ? I like to describe it this way. See, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came in the form of visitation. It was only for specific moments. It was only for a specific season. It was only for a specific assignment, for a specific person. But in the New Testament, after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came in the form of habitation. It was something that was permanent in the life of a believer. Let me, let me, let me just give you an example. You know, I, I love uh, to barbecue and I love having people over my house. How many of you like barbecue, like some good barbecue? If I have you, if I invite you to my house on a Saturday and I say, hey, listen, I'm going to throw it down. I'm going to grill some picanha, churrasco, ribeye, all the good stuff. And I have you over my house, and I'm hospitable, and I'm serving you. And I tell you, hey, you know what? Mi casa es tu casa. You've heard that before, right? Yep, yep. My home is your home. I want you to feel at home. And you're going to hang out there, and I'm going to try to serve you and treat you well and feed you well. But at some point, you're going to leave my house. Yep. I hope so. Why? Because it's not your home. But you are a visitor in my home. But for my wife, Shawnee, my son, Noah, Nathan, and Everly, my daughter, Everly, they're going to stay in my home. Why? Because they are residents of my home. 
Can I tell you today in a much greater way, child of God, the moment that you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the moment that you have true repentance, the Spirit of God comes inside of you, not for a moment, not for a day, not for a month, not for a season, but he takes permanent residence in your life. And wherever you go, the Spirit of God is inside of you. How many of you believe that today at all of our campuses? Come on and give Jesus a shout of praise. So Jesus tells his disciples, wait a minute, I'm going to leave, but it's to your advantage that I leave. Because the Spirit of God inside of you is better than the Jesus beside you. Peter was only bold when Jesus was around. But the moment that Jesus would leave, he was no longer bold. He no longer had the confidence. But now we have the Spirit of God inside of us wherever we go. Now, The Holy Spirit is a topic that we can spend an entire sermon series learning about the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to give us three things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives, in the life of a believer. So if you're taking notes, I want you to take it out and write this down as your next point. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's word. Reminds us of God's word. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, but the helper The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance. Say with me, remembrance. Remembrance. Say it like you mean a remembrance. Remembrance. All that I have said to you. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle that word teach. Circle that word teach. We've told you many times that the New Testament was first written in Greek and then translated into other languages. And that word teach in the Greek is the word didasko. And it means to instruct, specifically, it means to instruct, instruct doctrine. In other words, the Spirit of God is to help you learn the Word of God. Here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes we think the Spirit of God is there to help us create our own Word. We'll drive through the Palmetto Expressway and we see a sign. And we see some numbers and we're like, Wow! Maybe the Holy Spirit is telling me for me to play the lottery and use those numbers. Or you do something, you watch something, you're like, oh, the Spirit of God is telling me to tell you this. And the person is telling you, well, the Spirit of God has not told me that. Here's what I want you to know. If what the Holy Spirit has told you is not aligned to the Word of God, it's not the Spirit of God. If what the Spirit of God has told you is not aligned with the Word of God, It's not the Spirit of God because the problem is that can happen sometimes is that we allow our subjective feelings to become greater than God's objective word. When our subjective feelings become a priority over God's objective word, that is a problem. And so Jesus is telling them, listen, he's going to remind you of the truth. In fact, all throughout Scripture, we see a connection between the Spirit of God and the Word of God. It's all throughout Scripture. The Bible says in John chapter 4, verse 24, look what the Bible says. Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and what? In truth. truth. Look what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Our gospel came to you not only in word, the Bible, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. Word of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Word of God. John chapter 15, verse 26, when the helper comes, he will bear witness about me. 
When the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify of my word. We see a connection there. Why? See, because Jesus knew that his disciples are going to face some difficult seasons in his life. And he knew that there are going to be some challenges in his, in his life. You see, church family, as believers, there's going to be some difficult moments that we go through in life. But it's the Holy Spirit that reminds us of God's promises, of God's truth. And you may be thinking, Pastor Carlos, I have no idea why I'm going through this. I am doubting God's love for me. And it's the Spirit of God that reminds us of his word when we're doubting him. You know, I'm a, I have a huge uh, college football fan, and uh, I'm a huge Miami Hurricanes fan. How many of you like the Hurricanes? Come on, throw up the U up there. Come on, make some noise, Hurricane fans. Gator fans, we're going to pray for you, and so, you know, make sure God changes your heart. So, you know, <laughs> one, one of the things about football, if you watch football, whenever a referee makes a call and there's doubts on the field of the call they made, what they do is they review that call. And so you see the referees, they gather together and they begin to watch the video, the film, and they start reviewing it. And they oftentimes they'll come out and say something like this. After further review, the ruling on the field has been confirmed. After further review, the ruling on the field has been confirmed. When you hear that statement, that means that there is no doubt that what they called on the fields is true. There is no doubts. Can I remind every single one of us today, when you feel anxiety, when you feel discouraged, when you feel fear, when you feel overwhelmed, after further review, the Holy Spirit reminds you it has been confirmed that God's word says that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. How many of you believe that today? When you feel, Pastor Carlos, I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not sanctified enough. You don't understand my past. You don't understand the things that I've done. The Holy Spirit reminds you, wait a minute. After further review, it has been confirmed through God's word. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are my child. You are my son. You are my daughter. You're the son of the living God. After further review, when you feel like, I can't pay my bills, I don't know what's going to happen to my future, there's so much uncertainty, after further review, the Holy Spirit reminds us it has been confirmed that he will provide for every single one of my needs. So the Holy Spirit reminds us of the Word of God. It's one of the functions. We see it through the Word. Here's the next thing. The Holy Spirit makes God personal to us. The Holy Spirit makes God personal uh, to us. You know, we were created to have a personal and intimate relationship with God, not a distant God. God is with us. He is near us. The problem is when we seek the Spirit without the Word, it can lead to havoc and things can, we can say things that are not really uh, biblically accurate. But on the other spectrum, conversely, if you seek to learn and study the Word of God apart from the Spirit of God, Jesus will become a doctrine rather than a person. Christ will become a doctrine rather than a person. It would just be all information, all theology, all doctrine, all facts, and never lead to transformation. 
In fact, the Bible says, look at what Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 says. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, and he says the following, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You may be filled with the Spirit of God. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to circle or underline that word knowledge. See, in the Greek, there are two words for the word knowledge. One is oida, which means information, facts, knowledge known by cognitive pieces and data, information. And the other one is gnosis. And that's a type of knowledge that you know by experiencing something. I know something because I experienced it internal. It's an internalized experience. And the Apostle Paul uses the word gnosis. Know something through experience. For example, I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but I have seen pictures on how it looks. I know how it looks. I know how majestic and beautiful and splendor the Red Rock and Colorado River splitting through the Red Rocks. And I've seen the videos on social media. Maybe you've been there. I know how the Grand Canyon looks through pictures and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and videos that people have shown me that they've been there. But I've never experienced the beauty of the Grand Canyon. I can tell you about something to eat, and you may know how it tastes, but you've, if you've never experienced it, it's a different thing. You know, one of the things about me, I, I love to eat. So if you want to get on my good side, take me out to lunch or dinner. I mean, I promise you, I mean, it's just, I, I love, love food. And one of the places that I really, really love is Krispy Kreme donuts. Don't judge me. How many of you like Krispy Kreme? Come on. Make some noise. We, we don't have to lie in church. We could be honest. I can tell you all about the Krispy Kreme donut. It was founded in 1937 in the small town of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. There are over 1,400 locations, not only in our country, but all over the world. And there's one location on US 1 and 168, a couple blocks from our Palmetto Bay campus. If you drive by there and you see the neon light on that says, hot now. Pass by there. All the donuts are amazing, but the best one is the glazed warm donut. It is light and fluffy, soft. I mean, the sugar is just going to melt in your mouth. You're going to taste the glaze. It's just the perfect texture. I mean, oh, heaven on earth. Amazing. I can tell you, you can know all the details about the donut. But it's not until you taste it. Mm. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus a shout of praise. Man, mm, it's, not, it's not until you taste it that you know how good it is. Can I remind you today, God doesn't just want you to know about his love. He wants you to experience his love. God doesn't just want you to know that you've been forgiven. He wants you to walk this life knowing I have been forgiven by God Almighty. God doesn't just want you to know about his peace. He wants you to experience peace in the midst of whatever trial, adversity, tribulation, storm that you're going through in life. Am I preaching to somebody today? The Holy Spirit makes God personal in our lives. You know, the most theological chapter in the Bible is Romans chapter 8. Any theological nerd will tell you, you can spend an entire year dissecting that chapter, verse after verse after verse. In that chapter, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 22 times. Why? Because it's the Word of God 
and the Spirit of God active and alive in you. The information becomes now transformation, and you're being transformed by the Spirit of God. How many of you believe that today at our Doral campus, at our Homestead campus, at our Redland campus, at our Coral Gables campus, at our West Kendall campus? The Holy Spirit makes God personal to you. Here's the next point that I want you to write down today. The Holy Spirit empowers you for the mission. Empowers you for the mission. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, verse 47. Jesus Christ is about to ascend back into heaven. This is after the resurrection. And Jesus says this, repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. In other words, Jesus is giving them the mission. Here's the mission. You are to tell others about Christ. You are to tell others that only in Jesus is their salvation. You are to be witnesses of the message of the gospel. And it begins in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus is telling them, the mission that he's given us. But look at what the Bible says. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Wait a minute. Are you, aren't you excited about the mission? Don't you want us to go and, and tell others about Christ? What do you mean about stay, stay? I mean, people are dying and spending eternity without you, Christ. I mean, there, there should be a sense of urgency. And Jesus says, wait a minute. Here's the mission, but I want you to wait until the Holy Spirit comes inside of you. Why? Because the Spirit of God empowers you to do the mission of God. And Peter, who denied Jesus three times, he said, I don't know him. I'm not friends with him. I'm not associated with him. After the Spirit came inside of him, he preached the gospel and over 3,000 people got saved. The apostles, the disciples were afraid, locked into the room, locked in a room while Jesus was being crucified. And after the Spirit of God came inside of them, they preached the gospel. Many of them died for the message of Christ. And so one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is that he empowers you to do the mission that God is calling you to do. If you're a child of God, your mission is to tell others about Christ. If you're a middle school or high school student, when you go to school, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you are never too young to tell others about the good news of Jesus. Where you go to work, that is your mission field. And you may be thinking about Pastor Carlos, I don't have the right words to say. I don't know enough theology. I don't know enough uh, doctrine. God's Spirit empowers you to tell others about the good news of Christ. Jesus tells them, wait a minute. Wait for the promise of my Father. Here's the next point that I want you to write down. The Holy Spirit makes God personal to us. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's word. It empowers us for the mission. Here's the next point. The Holy Spirit fights your battles. The Holy Spirit fights your battles. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 7. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. You know that word helper in the Greek? It's the word parakletos. And it means to walk 
alongside you. It means to walk alongside you. Here's what I know. Every single one of us, we're all going through some sort of battle. It can be a financial battle. It can be a physical battle. It can be an emotional battle. It could be any type of battle. But here's the good news. If you're a child of God, God walks alongside you every step that you take in life. And every season of your life, God is walking alongside of you. You know, a couple months ago, a month ago, the Olympics just finished. And this past week, the Paralympics just started. And my wife, Shawnee, was telling me about this story that's very powerful of this man, uh, David Brown. And at the age of David Brown, he uh, was completely blind. And so he had to battle not being able to see. And so David Brown had an incredible gift. And his incredible gift was to be a, an incredible runner. And so he began to train. And now he has won, over, he has won five medals, two gold medals and three silver medals, and he competes in the Paralympics. But there's this trainer by the name of Jerome Avery that is running alongside him in every single race. It's only a shoestring that separates the two, just a mere six inches. Every step that he takes, every movement that is done by David Brown, Jerome Avery is right next to him as he completes the race. In fact, with that in mind, Take a look at this video. Drive, drive, drive. There you go. Come on, come on. Stay in that drive phase. Gradually come up. Keep moving, keep moving. Looking good. Lean. So when he says lean, that means we're about to cross the finish line. And those are those cues that he needs to hear to let him know he needs to prepare to give it all he has for that last bit. I'm not saying anything. Running at full speed as fast as I can. I'm just listening and adapting my body to his words. I gotta trust this person in order to get around this track. I thought I had to synchronize with them, but no, he had to synchronize with me. I'm through trying to do this on my own. I can't. I can't see. I'm gonna have to trust this person. That's when things started falling into place. He's a powerful sprinter. I'm a technical sprinter. Tethered together and running together with the hard work that we do on the track, mindset we have off the track, everything else will take care of itself. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Did you catch that? I can't see, so I have to trust him. And when I trust him, everything falls into place. He's my guide. He's my leader. He's my instructor. He's my sustainer. He leads me through that track, and I'm able to complete that race. Child of God, can I remind you today, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. No matter what you're battling through in life, no matter what you're facing in life, God's Spirit is inside of you. He's alongside of you. He's sustaining you. He's leading you. He's instructing you. He's helping you finish this race called life. And so here's what I want to remind you today. No matter what's happening all around you, God's Spirit is inside of you. And because God's Spirit is inside of you, you're able to overcome whatever battle you go through in life. How many of you believe that today at all of our campuses? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because goodness and mercy will follow me every single one of my days. Not just on Monday, not just on Sunday, not just on Tuesday, not just for a week, but every single one of your days. The Bible says he will never leave you 
nor forsake you. He is near the broken hearted. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand to your feet right now. And here's what I want you to do. I want us to declare this over our lives at all of our campuses. Come on and let's worship. Come on, chat. your head and close your eyes everyone in this room at all of our campuses if you're watching us online maybe you're here today and you're like pastor carlos i'm lost and i need jesus in my life my life is a mess i'm far away from god i need help i need a helper i need someone to comfort me my friend i want to remind you today no matter what you've done in the past god's hand is never too short to save you from your sins and today he wants to save you from your past, present, and future sins. He wants to become the Lord and Savior of your life. You can make that decision today. The Bible says if we confess with our mouths that he has been raised from the dead and we believe with our hearts, we will be saved. It's a prayer that God will always answer with a yes. Amen. So there where you are, I'm going to lead us in this prayer. If that is you, you can repeat the same exact words that I say, or you can pray something similar. It's not the words that save you, but rather the condition of your heart, and God wants your heart. He wants your life. Father God, I just come before you, and I recognize that I am a sinner in need of saving. Jesus, I believe that you died, you were buried, and you were raised from the grave for my sins. So Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Holy Spirit, come inside of me. Be my Lord. God, be my Savior. Be my everything. Thank you that you died, Jesus, for my sins. Thank you, Lord. From this day forward, I will live for you and you alone. Thank you, Lord. It's in your holy and precious name that I pray. Amen and amen. Christ Fellowship, if you're excited for those that said that prayer, why don't we give it up for them? If you made that decision to follow Christ, you can go to our Next Steps area. We have a Bible that we want to give you. You can also go to our website, cfmiami.org slash connect. Uh, we want to welcome you to God's family. I want to take a moment right now and invite all the campus pastors to come on stage. I love you, Christ Fellowship. Have an incredible day. God bless you.